Hello, everybody, and welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Josh Duvall. I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis, and I'll ask you this. How's it going? How's it going? Today, we've got a special episode planned. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DFTSPod. Email us at DFTSPod at gmail.com. And be sure to visit our website, fromthesidelinespod.home.blog, and watch our episodes and read our latest articles. All right, we now welcome on former Kentucky basketball player and track and field star, EJ Florial. EJ, how are you doing? What's up, y'all? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Uh, so first question I'll ask, uh, just how, how you kind of got started in athletics, basketball, and track and stuff like that. Um, and how you got into UK, playing for UK as well. So I started just like any other kid, just played every sport possible. Um, started every sport from a little city in California called Palo Alto, California. So I wasn't from one of those ginormous cities where you got three Julius Randles and Andrew Wiggins. So <laughs> I just grew up playing everything and starring in everything. And eventually I decided to, uh, to stick with basketball. It was the most fun. Plus I was way more athletic than anybody I saw. Um, played football like that, tore up my knee, and decided that that wasn't it for me. I don't blame and, you. Yeah, and then track. Track was uh, track was different. I, didn't, I never wanted to run track. Um, my parents both said it would help me in basketball. So my sophomore year, I started running track, and I didn't take it very serious. And I ended up being pretty good, and then the next year I blew up. And so that's kind of where that all started. Um, with regards to Kentucky, um, when I moved my senior year, uh, I had the choice to either stay in California or go with my dad to Kentucky, and I just chose to go with him. I mean, not many people. There's a lot of people out there that don't have a dad. There's a lot of people that don't know their dads. A lot of people that dads are deceased. And so I didn't want to um, take a chance on him missing out on me or me missing out on his journey uh, when I could just go with him. And moving here resulted in me and Brad becoming really, really good friends. Um, at the time, he was a... My senior year, he was, what, a sophomore, I think, in high school. And mm-hmm. I don't know, we coach his kids, so we just got along. We hooped a lot together. We, we played a lot of video games. Um, I was always at his house. He was at mine. And that relationship kind of resulted in me getting a chance to an opportunity to play on Kentucky's team. I just asked Kyle, like, I want to play with the best. I want to be around the best. This is what I want to do. I know I can play with these guys. I just want a chance to prove it. He told me it'd be hard. I might not play. I may never see the court, but... You know, if I worked hard, it'd be worth it, and it was. Um, I wish I worked a little harder. Maybe could have cracked a roll, but, you know, I've done a lot of things that a lot of people can only dream of. Absolutely. Just making sure. You guys play 2K, right? Oh, yeah, man. Big 2K guy. All right, all right. (laughs) Set ass. Big 2K guy over here. He streams Fortnite a lot. Do you ever play Fortnite? Uh, I actually stream Fortnite, too, on Mixer. Ooh, cool. Fortnite and 2K, so. I don't really have my mix out there because I'm not going to lie. Fortnite is – I used to be great, and now everyone else then caught up. So it's going to be some real tough games now, but but I still stream it. It's fun. It's fun to play with the friends, talk a little talk a little mess. So, uh, so can you just kind of talk about what that transition from California to Kentucky was like and kind of the things you liked and things you missed about that transition? Um. So the first thing I always tell anyone that ever asked back then was the weather was the biggest shock. Just coming from a state where you don't see nothing but sun and rain uh, to going to basically a real season of winter was difficult for me at first. Having to drive in it. I mean, I used to think school would always be canceled. And 
it never was. So I had yeah. to drive in it. I had to walk around in it. I had to slip in it. I had, I mean, it just, it was, it was a culture shock that way. Um, and then, you know, another thing is um, when I came to Kentucky, it was definitely, um, and it's going to be crazy to hear because it's Kentucky, but it was really a lot more diverse than where I grew up in California. Where I grew up was a suburb. Um, a lot of Asian people, a lot of Caucasians, you know, you don't see that many black people where I'm from. Um, so when I came here to see a lot more people, to see a lot more color, to see a lot more diversity, see a lot of people that weren't even, um, like where I grew up, I mean, you were going to go to college and you're going to graduate. That's just, that's our success rate. That's what it is. And to hear people here talking about not graduating or not going to college or, or dropping out to do military school, that was different for me. Um, so I say those two things were probably the biggest was the weather and, and just the people, you know, it's two different areas, you know, it's a rich suburb in California versus, you know, a major city in the South. Um, I would say one of the things I, I, I was not fond of at first was, is for show schools being inside, uh, my high school being indoors and, and Kentucky compared to an outdoor one in Cali. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, Talking about the whole snow thing, I know, like, UK especially, like, that campus, like, it gets snow, like, two feet, and kids will still have to walk to class. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be let's be honest here. Secretly, there were some days where I didn't go to class because I was not walking to none of that. <laughs> my, my parents oh, yeah. were going to be pissed if they hear this, but I was not going to class, and the whole street iced off and three feet of snow. Y'all ain't going to catch me looking stupid. I'm just going to watch the online <laughs> up today. <laughs> backpack on a sled and just drag it. Right, no, man. I, I was, I was, I was bed and under the covers. Drag that. I was no, nowhere. I feel that. All right, uh, I got one for you. So, say so you're on a long road trip. Uh, you know, you're getting a little hungry. You got to stop at a gas station looking for a little pick me up. You know, uh, what's your uh, what's your go to gas station snack? My go to gas station snack is a big water and then some type of fruity drink. So it's got to be like a Snapple. Maybe some type of strawberry lemonade, something that just tastes good. Um, and they're Apollos or gummy worms. Like, that's just always something, for some reason, I've never gone to a gas station and not gotten one or the other. And then I would say that I get some, some sort of, I would try to stay healthy substitute for chips, like maybe some pretzels or something. But, shoot, if all they got is a, a big old bag of Doritos and I'm rocking with the nacho cheese. Oh yeah, big facts. So I try to like balance my little healthy and my 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 unhealthy, but I always get some type of sour gummy something. It just has to. I, I that's that's something I, I like. You give me that for my birthday. Oh yeah, we solid. <laughs> that's what I love right there. So after you joined the basketball team, befriending uh, Brad, Cal's son, mm-hmm. um, kind of tell and, us and, and just want to clear it up like my relationship with brad is not what got me a chance um it definitely gave me a better opportunity than say the other walk-ons that were trying to get on because he knew me personally um and he seen me play uh so he knew what he was getting but go ahead yeah i I was just gonna say like describe the way he coaches and what was like playing for him and uh just the uk basketball program as a whole I think that out of all the coaches in the country, Cal has the hardest job other than maybe for Mike Krzyzewski is that he's got to coach a whole new group of kids every year. So being in that program for three years, I, I basically was retaught the same things over and over um, just because we have eight, nine new guys every year. So I think he has a really tough job. I don't think people give him enough credit for the fact that he's taking kids and changing their lives in a year and then getting a whole new batch to teach them 
maybe some different things. I remember some years we had to change it up because of our personnel, and other times we um, were we able to keep it the same. Um, like that year we went 38 and no, we, we didn't really have to change much of anything. We just had so much talent that we just need to know where each other were, play a lot of basketball so we knew what was going on to the point where we didn't have to think in game. We just knew what each other wanted, what we wanted to do, where we wanted to be. And I think it showed. I still, to this day, will, until I'm blue in the face, say we got cheated. I don't care NCAA. I don't care Wisconsin. We got cheated. They cheated <laughs> us. They didn't want us to go. They didn't want us to win, and that's fine. But that's something that I will say until the last breath I have on earth, that Wisconsin, NCAA, cheated us. If we had Duke's row, we would have been national champs. And we should have. We were the number one seed. So, Absolutely. I'm with you 100% on that. I've thought that ever since it happened, and I will go to the grave thinking that what you just said. I didn't really want to bring it up because it makes me sad. But <laughs> I used to get sad. I'm kind of I'm, I'm I don't get sad about it now because it happened, and I you know thank thank the Lord that I was able to go to two Final Fours. But that was our year. Um, Wisconsin's a great team. They got a couple pros on that team. They got a couple really good college stars, but we got cheated. No disrespect to them, but we got cheated. And, and the fact that they couldn't take down Duke the next round, it's like they wasted our chance, in my opinion. They just waste. They, they got to beat us and feel good and glory, beat a 38-0 team, and then lose. Like, I don't know. I've always had the mentality that, like, hey, good job, Wisconsin, but you tied for last with the rest of us. We all got last. Duke stole one of our titles. It makes yeah. me want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I definitely – and if we played Duke that year, we would have smoked them. We would have beat them by 20. They did not have the, the manpower to compete with us. No. Yeah, so speaking of the like the Final Four experiences and uh, the unfortunate heartbreaking exits, um, just kind of what were some of the positive notes of the back-to-back Final Fours and any good stories uh, or experiences that you've had from the tournament off, ones? The positive is back-to-back Final Fours right there. I don't think he's been <laughs> back since those two. Um. And it's coming. I think that this is going to be their best opportunity. It reminds me a lot of our team when everyone came back, except for maybe two people. Um, you got a you got a young, great core coming in. I think Ashton's going to take off this year. It reminds me of a lot of Tyler, who is my favorite Kentucky player I've played with. I mean, obviously my favorite personally is Marcus Lee. But as far as a competitor, uh, a guy who works hard, a dog, Tyler. I mean, I've never seen someone like him. So that's what Ashton reminds me of a lot. I think he's going to have a great year. Um, just because we made it that deep, I met Shaq. I've met I've met Kenny. Um, I I've I met Charles. I met Charles Barkley. You know, I've met I met a good portion of of professionals like Derrick Rose. Um, obviously, post injury, but still, Derrick Rose is who he is. Uh, Tyreek. Just you know, whenever you go to these cities, Anthony Davis. Um, I would say all the people you get to meet. Because I mean, uh, on this one, I, I'd say that. Um, I mean, just from that list, it's probably a bunch of people y'all wouldn't mind just walking into, not even saying meeting or whatever, just seeing them on the street. So I'd say the people, um, the cities, I already said, um, the gear, the gear, the final four gear is lovely. I gave it off to my family where they stole it. <laughs> the, gear, the gear for sure is, is a blessing. And and just being able to play in, in the stadiums, man. I mean, I got the chance to, to warm up and, and work out at an AT&T stadium. I mean, how many people can say that? Football players or basketball. And Madison Square Garden, um, American Airlines Arena. So there's a lot of places. I would say that was the best part of those Final Fours. And then just, you know, being able to be around the guys for a little bit longer. 
those are my brothers. We spend every day together. So getting to travel the world, getting to travel the country, get to do what we love. That was fun. All right. So we've been talking about basketball for a little bit. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, uh, which one of what's your proudest moment, like throughout your track and field career? Um, to be honest, I don't think it's came yet. Um, and I think that's, it's weird to say because everyone feels like they have some type of moment, you know, in whatever mm-hmm. they do in life. And I feel like for me, it just hasn't came yet. I mean, I had a great high school career. I chose basketball. I switched sports. So this is my third year, uh, technically second because I tore my Achilles my first year. But this is my second year. I haven't really done anything yet other than a couple of good training sessions, maybe a good race. So I just really think the best for me in this sport is yet to come. I think it's coming up. Um, I just got to stay consistent and focused, but I don't think it's came yet. I think that that's a hard question to answer right now because I'm still just starting this out. All right. Well, uh, what goals do you have for it? Um, my biggest goal definitely is first and foremost, get signed. I want to get a contract. I want to get signed by one of the brands. Um, but my dream is I want to make that Olympic team this year. I want to make this 2020 Olympic team. Uh, I have a choice for USA or Canada, so I haven't decided yet. But I want to I want to make a team. I want to be able to, to um, and this is a quote from Cal from from my, my own dad that there are not many people to get to do what they love for a living, and I would love to do this for a living and travel and and be able to compete with the best in the world and be able to to really show my talents. So this is um, I think that 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 making a team that would definitely be you know something off my bucket list for my whole life, but. I would say I want to I want to break ten. I want to run nine something. I want to run nineteen. I mean, I got a couple little goals. I want to win Diamond League, which is basically a, a professional track and field league for a lot of money. Um, I want to I want to run at certain places. So I would say I have a lot of goals, man, in this sport. And unfortunately, due to a couple injuries, I ain't had the opportunity to really pursue them. But I think that my time is coming, and I just gotta you know stay with my faith and work hard and and be consistent. I think that's the biggest thing. People aren't just not consistent. Absolutely. Well, your dad was the track and field coach, right? At Kentucky, yeah. That's yeah. what made us move there. Yeah. So what was it like kind of playing for your dad? Like, was that special for you? Running for my dad was terrible. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a very hard coach. He reminds me of Cal, except for Cal smiles a lot more. Um, and he's a workaholic, and he's, he's, he's a hard-ass, but he works, and he knows what he sees, and he pushes people to greatness. But it was hard. Um, it was hard listening to him talk to me certain ways or be so hard on me compared to these other kids. Or, like, if something went wrong, it was my fault because I was supposed to be the leader. So, beginning it sucked, but, you know, after this move, it got a lot better. It did. But at Kentucky, it was hard. It was hard. Uh, and then everyone knowing that I was his son made it even harder at some points. People thought that I was a snitch and, like, come on now, man. I'm a college kid, too. Like, don't be doing all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was hard. I think the transition now got a lot better. Our relationship feeling a lot better, but it was hard at first for sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask another fun one. All right, what's your go-to weapon in a zombie apocalypse? In a zombie apocalypse, my go-to weapon is a flamethrower, and I'm burning all the mugs. All the, <laughs> I'm gonna burn them all to Chris. I, I know with zombies, you can't, you ain't supposed to be able to cut them apart and whatnot. I'm gonna burn them. I'm gonna burn them all. Flamethrower, big old flamethrower. Call of Duty, uh, World at War flamethrower. That's what I. <laughs> Big old thing, big old tank on my back, and I'm gonna just run through with fire. Yeah, that's dope. I was thinking like a, like a baseball net full of a bunch of nails or something. You know, I'm about to say I I thought about that, but like all it takes is like one of them to touch me and it's over. So I'm gonna just burn. yeah, I'm gonna just burn all of them. All right. Well, leading off of that one, what group of guys from your UK basketball teammates would you have 
by your side as a group. How many do I get? Let's do three. Three? Three? Yeah, group of four. Marcus so. Lee, because we're going to die together. We're going to fight till we both dead. Um, Willie Cauley Stein, because that was my dog. He's going to have my back. And I know my, my, my dude, Willie, a killer. So I ain't got to worry about him being scared at the moment. I would say for my third one, yeah, that's a tough one. My third one, I, I'd probably say it, it, it'd be a tie between about three or four people. It'd either be Mike, Johnny, Isaac, or, or Jamal. And all for the same reason of, of, of loyalty, having each other's backs, and the fact that, shoot, we're going we gonna to bite the bullet together if we have to. We ain't no man left behind mentality. So I say <laughs> them two for sure, William Marcus, and then between them four, you can pick any. And I'd be, I'd be fine with it. Plus, Isaac would be good for traveling. He got some good vocals. <laughs> yeah, he just had a concert too yeah he, he just did had a I, I wasn't able to make it unfortunately but i heard it was great were you able to attend Derek willis's wedding were you saying he sang there yeah. too uh no, Isaac I, did, sang- I wasn't I, I was in the process of moving and whatnot so i didn't get a chance to oh, okay yeah mm-hmm. i was in the process of moving here so i didn't get the opportunity to to go to that but proud of my guy uh long process with that dude so i never saw him getting married so I'm, proud of him. I'm, glad that he, I'm glad of his career, too, man. He's doing really well for himself, for somebody that I remember was so uncertain about the future. Doing really well. Yeah, so that's one of the things about playing at Kentucky, that you've really had the opportunity to grow your game by playing against so many great perennial NBA talents. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was, what was practice like every day going against? All I always had the guards. Cal loved putting me on whoever... He wanted to have the worst day. <laughs> so I've guarded um, Book, Tyler, the twins, both of them, uh, Malik, De'Aaron, Willie, Carl, Trey, Jamal. Jamal was the worst one to guard. I hated guarding Jamal. <laughs> um, Mike Mulder, Dom a lot, Derek. I mean, I, I, everybody. Everybody but Dakar Johnson, just because there's nothing I can do against bigger moose. <laughs> but all of them man and um and, and bam i never had to guard bam i've literally guarded every single person on the team just because i mean that's what i got in me i'll guard whoever i don't care just put me on the court so that's what i had to do to stay on the court and practice every day and not be on the sidelines on the bike i was what i would have had to do i didn't really have a problem with it hey, uh speaking of a big moose i want to bring up one play from your blue and white game where you posterized Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. When, when you tell me about that, I, Man, I, that wish, feel. I, wish, I wish I wasn't a freaking freshman. Uh, I wish I was 21 junior year because I would have screamed in his face, clapped, ran to the crowd, all that. I was just so <laughs> starstruck by the moment that I, I forgot that we was hooping. But I would have been, been high-fiving. I would have pissed him off. I would have went and high-fived Cal. I would have done it all. I would have been so extra. Um, but, no, that's probably one of my favorite moments, only for the fact that it let people know that I can really play. That I'm not just some bum walk on that just got a favor from Coach Cal. That you know I have the potential to 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 be able to play at this level. And just at Kentucky, it's hard. I mean, it's a new roster. It's a new five. It's a new eight every year. And you have a new group of people to try to beat out, and it's just difficult. It doesn't always work out that way for everybody. But I love that. I blew up. I remember. I remember going to class the next day, and and people were tweeting me in their classes and doing whole lectures about how. 
how how what I did was so blah remarkable, and I was like, man, like y'all playing with me? Like I've been have bounce. Like I like people don't know this, <laughs> but I be I dunk on all them fools all the time, and especially when I go to the Johnson Center, the Rec Center, I have I am probably no cap. I'm probably the most legendary JC Hooper ever because all the bodies <laughs> I have just grabbed and taken, all the people whose careers I wreck careers I have ended. I feel like if they had film in there for real, you would see some of the craziest things you have ever seen. All right, I'll give one story, one story, because there's so many. You know Josh Forrest, the football player? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We went to the wreck. It was me, Willie, Josh, and uh, another football player named J.D. Harmon. And we um, we were playing, playing five. It was, me, it was me and Willie and J.D. and Josh were on the same team, and then there was a bunch of randoms. And I remember I came down the lane off, I think, one or two dribbles, and I, I jump-stopped. And I just decided to go up. Josh was standing there. And Willie describes it as I took a Mario double jump. So I jumped. <laughs> and out of nowhere, I just kept going. I remember looking down in the rim and everything. It's the highest I've ever gotten in my life. And I just dunked on it. And the whole game just stopped. I just dunked on him so hard. And the whole, the whole, the whole game just <laughs> shut down. And I, like, every time I see Josh or I talk to Josh, I'm like, man, remember when I really like put you in the rim? <laughs> no, nah, man. Like that wasn't even me. Like, yeah, it was. I remember. JD remembered. Willie remembered. It was crazy. That was probably the craziest dunk I've ever done in my life. I, I was staring in the rim, like looking like this. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, if you had to pick uh, one of your former teammates to make one three-point basket, uh, to ah, save Devin your... Booker. Okay, he knew where I was going. Devin Booker, save, get me whatever, get me money, save my family, free world, free world peace. I don't care. Devin Booker, (laughs) a three. Devin Booker with Jamal at a close second, but book, 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 and book. One hundred percent easy one. Well, speaking of guys like those, uh, you obviously know those guys personally. Uh, What was it like for you seeing those guys get drafted in the NBA? I think at the time, I don't really, under, I didn't understand the magnitude of what was going on. I mean, because now look at Book and Carl. I mean, they're they're hundred eighty, hundred seventy million dollar, you know, athletes. Um, and at the time, I don't think I realized you know, how much their lives were going to change by this, just because I've watched the draft every year. You see busts, you see people get paid and, and then get dipped out. You see people who just spend their whole time in the league on ten ten million dollar, five million dollar contracts. Um, obviously, I was proud of them. I don't want to say that I wasn't, but I don't think that at the time. I really understood how big what was happening was. All those kids that we had get drafted, especially in the lottery in the first round, like I don't think I understood how special that was just because that's just what was expected of us. And now that you're seeing all these other teams starting to take part in the one and done, like you realize like what we were able to do during that time was get all those kids to achieve their dreams and give them an opportunity. Um, I really wasn't like too shell-shocked because I knew they'd get drafted high. Carl the whole year said he was going to be the first draft pick, so I knew that. Um, but I don't think I really understood like what was really going on until now, maybe now or last year. All right. So is there one detail or anything about Cal that maybe the public doesn't know about? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be basketball related, like a bad habit or something about Cal that the public wouldn't know about. Um, it was the ugliest pants I ever seen. And he used to love them. I don't know what brand it was. I don't know who he's looking out for. He's a great dude. That's best. That's, that's, that's my guy, but them pants were not it at practice. I, I, I was never going to say nothing, but them pants was not the move. They were some <laughs> like brown, old man, grandpa pants with a spider logo. And every day he wore them, all I could do was stare at those pants. 
So that was <laughs> that was one habit for, and I don't think he wears them no more. But that was one that I couldn't stand. A bad habit from Cal that people don't know. Um, Cal has, I don't know. You don't really see many of his bad habits because we're just getting coached by him. I don't, I don't know. He, he has a he has a bad habit, I guess of. Of, of what of freaking out of being extra i guess but who isn't i mean he just he's just a little a little extra with his vocal with his mannerisms i guess maybe that's his bad habit but like that's what makes him him that's what makes him different than shashetsky than izzo than bill self than than anybody else in the business so we don't like watching do the moonwalk the yellow us, but yeah the the pants comment is exactly what I was trying to look, get out of you. So <laughs> that's oh, yeah. exactly them, what I was them, looking for. Them pants were not it. I don't think he wears them no more, but them pants are terrible. He's got some swag sometimes, though. He should. Why would he not? He's the head coach at Kentucky. He should have some swag. Definitely. But uh, I think this is the last question. But speaking of how you said that he freaks out a lot, I know like a lot of people wonder what goes in, goes on in those halftime uh, locker room conversations with him, and that's what you want to know, huh? I kind of want to know, like, what's what's been like his craziest moment throughout your career, in UK? Um, I could give a couple halftime stories. I remember one where I think who were we playing? I I remember we're at home, and we were we've been losing the whole game. I think it was either to LSU or it was to Arkansas. And he just went in on us at halftime. Um, I can't. I think it was my first year, so Julius games, etc. He was just going in on us, going stupid, letting us know, you know, how 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 bad we were playing. Like we don't even deserve to wear these unis. Like all these kids that were playing, like all they want to do is put on your jersey, and you're giving them the excuse to say, like, why didn't you recruit me, coach? And he just like he spent the whole time like. There was really no game plan because usually he goes in there, he, he says what he got to say, and then we go in there, game plan, what we're going to change, et cetera. This time, I think the whole halftime, we just got ripped. And even even the bench got ripped for not being enthusiastic enough in, <laughs> in, a, in a losing game. But we just got ripped, and he was pissed. And it was just like, man, like, can we just, like, go out there and play, please? And we ended up winning, I think, the game. If it was LSU, we won off Julius's buzzer beater. And if it was Arkansas, we lost. Um, but I just remember him going in on us the whole time. I just remember him going so, so hard on us. I remember he put me in at the first half of Florida and I gave up a freaking three and he just gave me this look like, man, that was your chance. And I was like, damn cow. Like, can I get one more, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, he had some, he's had some funny instances. Sometimes we're in there and he's just like, you know, keep putting the pressure and he cracks a couple of jokes and he talks a little bit about, uh, about their team, you know, just doing what he does. But for the most part, go in there, get ripped for not doing something right. Um, praise a player or two for playing well. Talk about what we got to change. Talk about the stat differential, rebounds, steals, turnovers, uh, shooting percentages. Their shooting percentages were big. We always talked about if they were over or under 50. If they were under 50, that means that we were doing a pretty good job. And if they were over, that means that we were not guarding nobody. So <laughs> just kind of varied. Um, but most games, we get ripped. And then we talk about the game plan, and we would go out there and win because we knew what we had to do. I remember one. This is this is a very I have never told like not even Matt Jones knows this story. So I remember uh, the the 38-0 year. Who the who the hell were we playing? I think it was Florida. We were playing somebody, and Dakari and, and Cal's going in on Dakari because of, of low effort and and et cetera. And and Dakari turns to look at KP and shakes his head no, 
And so, of course, the car turns his head. I look at the car just to see what the hell he's doing. And Kyle sees me in the car looking in the same area, and he just turns up on me. He was like, he's like, you over here, you know, the whole band's going right. The car went left, and you're like, man, what the hell's the band doing? Like, they should have been with you. And I was like, no, coach, like, please, like, relax. Like, I wasn't even, it wasn't even me. It was KP. KP tell him, and KP didn't say nothing. <laughs> let me go down and, and Cal was going in he was just like you know if you're going to be toxic like this you know maybe you don't need a spot on this team and I was like coach like I didn't do nothing like Dakari tell him Dakari sat there and didn't say nothing either so I had to go in there uh, right before we ran out of halftime explain the situation and he, he owned up and said you know it's just the heat of the moment but man I, I, that day I thought I was going to get kicked off the team oh man I thought I was going to get kicked off just for looking and you know, thankfully we got to resolve our issues, but yeah, that one was, that was, I mean, he turned the whole game plan on, let me, let me get on EJ. And I was just like, shoot, he'll never get on me. So this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I never really gave many reasons later in my career to get mad at me. So man, when he went off on me, then I thought I was like, dude, I'm about to get kicked off. Like I'm about to have to walk out and turn my Jersey and right then and there. And thankfully we didn't have to do that, but yeah, I was nervous. That was that's that's my locker room. And I ain't told nobody, and thought it was over. I thought Kentucky basketball was done for me. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Oh man, no problem, guys. God I could uh could help out in any way. Are there any sh- tell some stories a little too personal, but I hope you got a little bit of some. All right. Well, everybody, make sure you follow him on Instagram at ej underscore floriel. It's going to be going going places, doing big things. Do you want to give any other shout-outs? No, I ain't got nothing else to shout-outs. Just, you know, appreciate y'all having me, and, you know, I hope I'll, hope the best for all of you. All right, we hope the best appreciate for you, it. too, man. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, guys, no need to be sad that NBA is over with because it's prime baseball season. And if you ever want to go to an MLB game, guess where you go? You go to SeatGeek. Download SeatGeek and buy a ticket. Use our promo code FTSPOD and you get $20 off. How's that sound? That sounds absolutely amazing. That's a steal. And what makes SeatGeek the best is that they rate their tickets from 1 to 10. So always go for those 10s and they should have green dots. So get the green dots as well. All right. And that concludes another episode of the From the Sidelines podcast. Again, a very special thank you to EJ Floreal for a terrific interview and making a great guest appearance please be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at the fts pod as well as email us at the fts pod at gmail.com bye, bye have a great have time, a great time. <laughs>